Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Game of Thrones podcast. I am your host, Carmine of Red Team Review, and I'm joined here once again by Preston Jacobs. And of course, we're back to discuss House of the Dragon, Episode 7. As always, we are available on SoundCloud and iTunes, so consider checking us out on those platforms. And if you do, please leave us a review. It would help out a lot. And of course, leave your thoughts down below because we may feature it in the next video. Okay, so Preston, you wanted to discuss a theory that you thought you saw that was confirmed in this latest right. episode. I did not catch it. You'll you'll have to Um well again, this might be this might be the this this very well maybe that I'm just super super self-absorbed, but um <laughs> you know, obviously like so many of my fans like finished the episode and were like, "Oh my god, Quentin is alive confirmed." I mean, jo- you know, that's a joke, but like um but uh there's definitely a um well let me let me explain it from the beginning and like what quentin is alive is about really quick and this is kind of similar to to lemongate you know like seeing the lemongate reference all of a sudden i'm like well wait a minute they might you know these people the writers know about the fan theories with the inclusion of the lemongate two episodes ago and so the the um thematically the whole thing about Quentin being still alive uh, um, is that many people read a dance with dragons and they read the, the Quentin chapters and they're like, Oh, he's dead because we, he, we see him alive um, and he's on fire. The last moment we see him in his chapter. And then he's, he, then a body appears in the, in the Barristan chapters. The Prince is, is dying three days. He's three days dying mm-hmm. um, as this like corpse who's incredibly burned. And then, then, then the corpse dies. Uh, real quick, by the and way, so, uh, before we yeah. continue, uh, for people who I know there are a lot of non-book readers who listen, um, oh, yeah. uh, for those of you who don't know, in the books, Duran Martell has three kids, Tristane, Ariane, and this kid, Quentin. Uh, Duran sends Quentin on a quest to Marine to meet up with Danny, and she kind of brushes him off. So he has, he hatches a plan to go down and, uh, steal one of her dragons, and things end very badly, and he supposedly dies being burned alive by dragon fire. Right. Now, there's, there's a, a fan theory that I, I certainly didn't invent but i think because i've championed it and had a had a um a big video on it people associate it with me but i i did not invent it but the idea is that no quentin didn't die and the reasoning um is of course you know the the body is unrecognizable um and and many other things that that are kind of wrong about the chapter uh i mean you could go into the many many things but that that's a whole nother discussion we i have a video on it there's there's a lot of things but um on a on a on a larger level i'm talking like there's a thematic element to quentin being alive and that is in in the um the daenerys chapters at the start of a dance with dragons uh a a a uh, Shepard brings in some some burnt bones and is is de- is sad and demands restitution. And um, this is this is in the this is in the show too. They put this this scene in, in season Game four, Thrones, yeah. Where and you know it's it's supposedly the body of his daughter, his four year old daughter, who got who got killed by Drogon. Now, this death in the show simply haunts Daenerys and and that is that in the book yes it haunts Daenerys but she's also suspicious of it and she says burned bones prove nothing in her head and she says that once in in 
Daenerys one. And then she thinks about it again as she's feeling guilty about Hosea is the name of the little girl, Hosea dying. And, you know, so she thinks about burnt bones prove nothing. I think one time she says burned and one time she says burnt, but, you know, like with a T, you know, but but nonetheless, burned bones prove, prove nothing. Burnt bones prove nothing is how the story begins. Now, so there's and it is a reference also to the fact that at the same time, John is uh, dealing with bringing in wildlings with Stannis. And there is a wildling submission ceremony. And during this wildling submission ceremony, uh, Stannis chooses to burn Mance Raider in a cage. Um, now, in the show, they simply just had Mance Raider die. Like, and he gets burned and shot with some arrows by John. But in the show, I mean, in the books, um, Mance Raider is is not dead because he he was swapped out for a character called Rattleshirt, and Mance Raider goes on to have uh, some more adventures, um, and is quite involved with the with the uh, at Winterfell with Theon and and stealing Jane Jane uh, Poole, who is you know who they swapped in for for Sansa in the show, so. At the same time that Daenerys is thinking that burned bones prove nothing, John is dealing with the fact that burned bones prove nothing. And then at the end of A Dance with Dragons, we have these burned bones. Um, and so, the, you know, the question is, is an unrecognizable corpse any evidence that someone died? Um, no. You know, so like the chapter of of of. Barristan looking at this unrecognizable corpse means nothing. So, you know, you have to look for other evidence of like, well, why else do we think, you know, Quentin dies? And when you actually like analyze it, there's a lot of problems. Now, maybe Quentin's alive, maybe Quentin's dead, but, you know, I think the, you know, George R. R. Martin just wanted to leave it open. So he created a lot of problems. He created a lot of outs in case he didn't want to paint himself into a corner. So, but nonetheless, this is the, generally speaking, this is the thematic um, you know, element burned bones prove nothing, and so here in this latest episode of House of the Dragon, um, they they kill a random guy who I, I feel bad for that random guy, <laughs> and then and then pretend to kill Lainor, um, and then then throw that guy's body in the fire, and so when they find uh, the body, uh, they you know uh, Corlys and and Rhaenys think it's. It's their son, Lanor. Um, pretty horrible move, really. Uh, I mean, they murder a guy. They all conspire to murder a stranger. Um, Lanor, <laughs> Damon, Rhaenyra. And then and then have Corlys, Rhaenys, Jace, and Luke go through massive trauma thinking that Lanor is dead. It's a... Uh, it's a pretty brutal, horrible thing to do. Um, I think they're, tr- you know, on a different scale, they're trying to walk back Rhaenyra being evil. Like, oh, we don't want Rhaenyra so evil that she would kill Lanor, but she still kills a random guy and puts all these people through stuff. But- well, there's two ways of looking at it. Either Damon told Carl to kill Lanor, but instead Carl just tells him about the plan and they both choose to put on the act and flee. Or yeah. Damon told Carl to tell Lanor the plan and everyone is in on it. But the impression I got is that Damon wanted Lanor to die, but instead, out of love and loyalty, Carl just told Lanor about this, and then Lanor was like, okay, let's go through with it so he can have the life he wants. I mean, you're saying that Rhaenyra actually meant to kill Lanor? Yes. And, uh, 
and that it's Carl Corey's like uh It was his decision plan. to like use well, this. Well Damon Damon is clearly in on it because Damon's the one that kills the random. Okay. Yeah, so so I mean it's possible that Damon did I mean, because Damon fought in the war with Lanor. He he likes Lanor. So it's possible that Rhaenyra is super evil and wanted to kill Lanor, and then Damon just like went and killed a random guy uh in his place and and conspired in order to in order to save Lanor. It could have been that. We we just don't have enough information. But nonetheless, Rhaenyra's a bad person either way. Oh no, Rhaenyra's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a horrible person either way. I think the I mean, you know, yeah, but but nonetheless, um I think it's very I think it's just very funny that they did the burned body swap out. Um now of course these swap outs are pretty common in in A Song of Ice and Fire. We have we have the Bran and Rickon like uh, body swap, fake Aegon, uh, fake Aegon. You know the, the the you know story at the beginning. So there there's it's not like there's not plenty of like body swaps that that where people die and then something you know something else happens or bodies not found after suicides and murders. You know Shara Dane missing and things like this. But you know he he does George R. R. Martin does a lot of classic you know movie tropes. Um, so but um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's a coincidence or do you think that they they you know the the writers are aware of the fan theories and like this is a nod to quentin is alive so you're basically saying that yeah i I don't see the connection between quentin is alive and this whole (laughs) i really don't i'm sorry homie i really don't so you're basically saying that lanor having a body double and switching up with a, burned a, bones. Bur- a, a burnt unrecognizable body double mm-hmm. is the same situation with with Hosea and with Quentin hmm. and and Mance Raider and, and you know Rattleshirt Mance Raider and all that that all happening being a thematic element of a dance with dragons the the burnt bones prove nothing I think it's more or less that they are keeping in line with George's writing uh, we even got a mayhaps this episode I believe um, <laughs> we did. I, I think it's uh, I think it's some keeping in line with George's writing, which he likes to swap people out all the time. So I think that's mostly what it is. I, he does, see, the, but... see the Lemon Gate. I understand Lemon Gate. That made that you had yeah. some weight there. Here, uh, I don't know. But now, but now you know. But Lemon Gate proves that they're paying attention to fan theories. Mm. Like if you assume that the, if you assume that the writers know about fan theories, don't you think they would have also. If they knew about Lemongate, would they know about Quentin is alive? Um, we did a, a recent podcast. I'm in the middle of a, a, of putting that out right now, and I'm going to give you the uh, the long one where the long segment where we talk about the Ryan Condo, Elio, and Linda interview. What did Ryan Condo mm. say about the writing process? Because I remember there was something in the interview about that. Oh, really? Um, uh, he he mentioned something about. Oh, he did say something about it being sort of organic where, oh, so they, Elio and Linda asked him about some of the language and the, and the writing process, things like mayhaps. They, they specifically asked about mayhaps and a few other things. Um, and, and how the, how the language is mimicking the books a bit. And it's, and he, they asked if the writers were, were trying to mimic George's writing. And he said that, he said that, he thought it was mostly him or the writers trying to mimic him. But he did say that he has, he forced all of the writers to read all of A Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> so, you know, so it, 
it could be any of that. It could be any of the above, all the above. But he he thought it was like him trying to include that, and then the writers, the other writers, trying to please and and mimic his writing and please him. Though you know, I don't know. It's if they were all forced to read a Song of Ice and Fire, you'd think that they would they would try to be throwing in some of that language. Hmm. I don't know. You see, so this is where I actually disagree that some of the writers might be Ice and Fire fans, or they read the books because. When you take Dave and Dan, we discussed this for ep- – for because yeah. for those of you who don't know, Preston and I on Patreon have a rewatch series for season one of Game of Thrones and we uh, we got up to episode three. You and I both agreed that Dave and Dan made changes from book to show that actually fit rather coherently and would make sense as a television adaptation. Um, yeah. This is something I, I, I hear all the time from people behind the scenes whenever they adapt something – and they always say the same thing. Oh, yeah. I, I've been a huge fan of this one thing for the longest time. I always harken back to right, Paul right. Giamatti as the Rhino from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. And I remember him giving interviews where he's like, oh, yeah, the Rhino has always been my favorite character. No, he hasn't. You're like, Re- really? The, the rhino, rhino, really? The Rhino. <laughs> like, what? what a, like in the whole pantheon of, of, of Spider-Man's, like, characters, the Rhino? Yeah. Um, oh, no, but the reason the reason I bring this up is because I think this is just Ryan Condal trying to reassure the audience that yeah, don't worry, our writers they they've read the material, they they got it going yeah, on. But I don't know, right? I, don't know. I mean, but I mean, I suppose I am convinced that Ryan Condal's a yes, big fan, yes. though. I mean, Ryan, Con- yeah, you know. So uh, but I don't know if his team yeah. of writers or like, do they even have to be? To be honest, like all they have to really do is write competent television. Um, and that's it. Ryan Connell right. can kind of do the rest and, and fit all the ice and fire stuff in there. But uh, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't think the writers. So, are so at all. you're, you're saying, you're saying that this is more of a, like, this is more of a quit. Like I was saying, is it honoring? Well, three, well, I'm going to ask two separate questions or maybe three questions. Like, okay. You don't think it's actually a nod to Quentin is alive, but you think perhaps it's a nod to the many fake out deaths that are in a song of ice and fire or is it just a, a typical Hollywood thing, fake out deaths, and burning a body is just one of the easiest ways to make it unrecognizable? Yes. You think it's the latter, the, the yes. latter. Like it's it's maybe not even not even referring to a song of ice and fire. It's just we need to do a fake out death, and a burning is 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 just the way to do it. Is the way to make a body unrecognizable. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it could also be both them doing the usual Hollywood tropes and keeping in line with the stuff George has done in the books. So, okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I was actually before I got on the live stream, I was actually listening to you talk about burying your gaze. Oh, burying your gaze, yeah, yeah, yeah. burying, go, yeah, yeah. Go in, go into that a bit if you can for the audience. Oh, so catch oh, ba- uh, burying your gaze is a is a is a trope that that a lot of. Um, uh, gay people are upset with in in uh, movies and 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 books and media and it's because like gays are usually are often either portrayed as evil and, and so you'll have like an evil character who's coded gay or who just is gay and you know the character needs to die because the the, the writers either consciously or subconsciously don't like gay people so they kill them off <laughs> um and and so and and you know they'll mention things like like um the the villain of of um the little mermaid is clearly coded as a lesbian and the and ursula you know S- ursula and like the the or or at least um 
coded as as uh, a transsexual because uh she's supposed to she's supposed to be after divine divine the um the uh the actor the actor actress that was um in the john waters movies and then you you know or like some people say oh scar is like coded uh gay or he is or, i didn't catch you know. i you well, said you said I mean, scar like scar's not gay he's just british it's it's a completely <laughs> i know right. it sounds I like mean, you know you know but. right a lot some people read into this like there might be some reading into it but like um what about their stuff where, like the 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 villain of um well gus fring is different that, that's fairly modern i think people are pretty happy with with, with portrayal of gus but um though gus is eventually killed and is a villain but yeah but yeah, he's another one that dies, even though people like Gus uh, and the portrayal of Gus. But um, the uh, another is, you know, the, the villain in Commando is clearly coded gay. Like um, there, there's a lot of these. A lot of Is the things. villain in Commando clearly coded gay because he looks like one of the village people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty it's a pretty like at the end, uh, he gets impaled like through the body let like, off some steam with it off some i know steam I it. through his crotch like you know and there's this, like <laughs> i mean it's a it's a there's a lot of like sex references in in um in commando like i've brought up the whole like how they had to make um uh arnold schwarzenegger anti boy george at the beginning of the movie he's like boy george more like girl george like ah <laughs> oh, to prove that he's not you know to prove that he's not gay by like being anti and anyway but so the the barrier gays thing is like okay so the the villain is either gay so he gets killed or they try to do it the other way like ah oh, the 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 gay guy he's so pure and and the world is so harsh to gay people that he has to be the martyr you know he's got he's got to be the Christ character who gets killed so that the protagonists can feel bad you know and so either way whether whether they're trying to go super good or super evil with with the gay characters the gay characters always die so it's the trope is called bury your gays um and and so you know you know gay people are just like can't i just have like like a character who's like nuanced in the middle who lives who like gets to be part of the cast and goes on and who hasn't just like an object to either be like murdered by by the by the protagonist or like murdered so that the protagonist can learn a lesson like can't he just be like a character and so that's that's kind of the idea with 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 why they don't like it. And so here, Lanor doesn't get buried at the end. He gets to survive, I guess. He gets, he gets to live gets to a very out. happy life away from all the bullshit. So, Right, right. I, this is a weird decision, by the way, of them keeping him alive. Because I do wonder if he will come back later and actually do something. Right, I know yeah. you were mentioning Adam of Hull. Um, I don't know. Like, was, was he going to wear a mask the entire time? No, I, 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 yeah, I mean... Yeah, we talked about this a bit on the stream, but yeah, Adam, uh, um, it doesn't really make sense that Lena would leave his dragon behind. They're telepathically linked. So, but I think they're probably just going to ignore it. But other people are like, well, maybe he's secretly Adam of Hall. Um, well, I guess they could do that. But I think it, I think it thematically is fitting that he goes off to live the life Rhaenyra never got to live mm -hmm. with Kristen Cole, you know. It's that storybook um, happy ending, fighting in Essos. Right. Historically, people who are exiled and go off to fight in Essos don't really make it back. <laughs> so we don't really know if that's got really a happy ending. To be continued on that. But um, I'm, right, I'm sorry, to, right. to, to, to wrap this up, um, I, I think you're reaching here. I love you. You know I do. But I think you're reaching here. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. Ryan Condal, yeah, he's read the books. He's an Ice and Fire fan through and through. Sure. Um his writers on the writing team, 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they watched a couple of Game of Thrones videos. I'll give them that. I'm sure they've seen the entirety of the original uh, series. Sure. Read the books. Mm. Okay. But you don't think Burnt, Burnt Bones proved nothing and, and, and Quentin is, is, is too far for you. You know what? I'll give you Lemon Gay. I can't give you this. Why don't you uh, put up a poll? Put up a poll all over the place on YouTube, on Twitter. See what people think. I, I, you know, I'm sure it'll be pretty low. I'm sure it'll be like, yeah, I, uh, you know. Normally, um, normally, normally, everyone is on your side because, of course, they're your fans. But I wonder if they'll be on your side here, or or they just or they just think the coincidence is is amusing. Like whether they whether they think it or not, mm-hmm. but uh, it actually doesn't make. But you pointed out on the stream that the the body swap doesn't really work here because, um, first of all, like I know my son's teeth pretty well. Like I look at my son every day, and like I know his smile, I know his teeth. I you know, um, I would be really. You mentioned his lower body, like the only the upper body was thrown in the fire. Like, shouldn't they see that the lower body is 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 somebody else? You know, like you know, I I know what my son looks like. I know his, I you know, so I feel like I could look at somebody's teeth and be like, that's that's not that's not my son's teeth. But I don't know, maybe uh, maybe maybe Corlys and Rainey's don't know that don't know their son's teeth. I'll have to say this uh, and. and... Once again, this is something Joe Rogan mentioned, and he made a very good point. Um, they have to kind of explain what happened to all the black people going into Game of Thrones. Because when we get to Game of Thrones, there's almost no black people in Westeros. And the only ones that are there are from Essos. Um, here, House of the Dragon, yes, it seems like there, someone made this in the, put this, someone pointed this out in the comments section, and I have to kind of agree with them. During episode five, during the wedding feast, when House Valerion comes into the dining hall, their almost their entire entourage is all just you know black people, um, hmm. but if you've noticed, Lainor and Lena are the only light skin people in in the entourage. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they would have to find someone that matches Lainor's skin tone, because that's a very specific skin tone. Right, and the random guy doesn't. But say say the I mean I, I think there would probably be see had they. The thing is, they chose to kill. It wasn't quite a random person. They chose a random guard or somebody in the household, which one creates the problem of aren't people going to be looking for that guy? Um, but two, <laughs> no, like that's a good point. <laughs> um, but it's also it's also limiting it's also limiting the pool of people. Like maybe you don't have a biracial guard. I on the Isle of Driftmark, I'm sure there's thousands of biracial people that they could have like snagged and killed and done a body swap with um but you know they didn't do that they killed a they killed a random guard who who didn't look by race you know it's funny we were, we were um, talking about gus fring and breaking bad what's funny is in in better call saul one of my favorite villains in television history is um uh the salamanca lalo salamanca and what he does is to escape hmm. because they send people to kill lalo and Lalo escapes the assassination attempt, but he needs his enemies to believe he's dead. So what he does is he goes down to a nearby village, and he's specifically been taking care of this one family, this wife and her husband. And the only reason he mm. was was because of the husband really looks like him. Like, really looks like him. Yeah. And even had, like, even took care of the man's teeth to make sure, like, the teeth kind of match up and all that. So... Like they they fix that yeah, situation. There's, there's, there's better call Saul. There's a lot of things to there's a lot of things to think about. Like like did Lenor have any birthmarks on his body? 
you know, because 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 Rainey's is going to know about those right. things like or or like, you know, did his so did his um did his was it on his feet. Is his big toe the biggest or is it a second toe the biggest, you know, because like they get that wrong. And Rainey's notices, like, wait, wait a, a minute. minute. God forbid he has a birthmark of Dorn on his thigh, because holy shit. <laughs> holy <laughs> shit. That's, oh, you fucked up. For those of you, those yeah, of you who don't remember, yeah. that's that's how Loris is arrested in, uh, I believe, season yeah. five Why? of Thrones. So, I mean, at least with Quentin, as a, like the Quentin situation, the entire body is burned. Um, and so the entire body is unrecognizable. Plus it's Barristan. Barristan doesn't know what Quentin's teeth look like. He doesn't know about birthmarks or anything. You know, he's not familiar with this person, but a mother and father, you get, you know, you're very familiar. You're very familiar with what your kid mm-hmm. looks like. Um, they're going to do an know. autopsy, I'm sure. Yeah. And wouldn't, wouldn't one. Right. And then they'd be like, this isn't Lenore. <laughs> like, like, it, uh, it's pretty crazy right it's pretty this, pretty, pretty nuts this plan. bullshit happens because they changed it for those of you who don't know in the books Lenor is actually dead yeah. or so we're led to believe yeah. um, according to the maester <laughs> the maester's writing the story um, because right and everybody 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 collects for Lenor's funeral not Lena's right. funeral so it's like it's a, there's a swap situation so there's 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 not a there's not a driving need post all of these events for for Rhaenyra to marry Damon illogically. Um, the, uh, I do so, wonder though, like, what uh, is the game plan with keeping Lenor alive? Because that and, and and quite frankly, I don't think there was any. I think it's just like we're supposed to. I think they're thinking that they didn't want to make Rhaenyra that evil, and that somehow the audience would forgive her killing a stranger versus Lenor in the in the swap out. Pretty sure the audience forgave Tyrion killing Shay uh, in Tywin, which you have not. I uh, know. Or, or no. that one time he rapes that one girl, when that one prostitute in the books. Yeah. You haven't forgotten that either. I'm not. No. Um, <laughs> but I think the audience, for the most part, has forgotten that. God, I don't. I mean, that's just. It's. Uh, I'm, They'll forgive it yeah. because Lenor is is the last good, morally good character. Right, but we have no idea who that guard was. That guard could have been a great guy, you know. He had, you know, he's got probably got parents and brothers and sisters and people that love him. And they just murdered this guy so that they could use his body unconvincingly as a body double. Like that's or that guard could have been like the Damon equivalent, where he goes around town and randomly points at people and kills them. I guess you know maybe maybe he's (laughs) maybe he's a secret Hitler. I don't know, but like, (laughs) but look. But you didn't, they didn't give us that information. That poor guy. This is just one of those, you know, like with show, with the show, like I think about Daenerys killing that random lord. Um, you know how she, when she burns that random lord in order to like scare um, his dar? And it's like, well, right, at, least, right. at least that guy, we weren't sure if that guy was a slaver. He was probably a slaver. So at least we could say he was, he was guilty of being a slaver, maybe. He could have been a nice slaver. He like, yeah. You know. But like... But that still bothered me. Like, whoa, she just killed a random dude. Like, that's pretty rough. Um, so yeah, just killing the random guy. That's that's yeah. Uh, I don't I don't I uh, I don't have anybody I like. I don't have anybody I like in the show. Helena, 
<laughs> Helena. Helena is I like, probably the purest soul in the show right jo- Joffrey Valarian. I have no problem with Joffrey Valarian. <laughs> Joffrey Valarian is like two. It's like two months old, maybe. <laughs> Joffrey Valarian is my favorite character right now. Um, <laughs> Real quick, did you notice towards the very end in High Valyrian, she, uh, she refers to them as the Greens? Yeah, yeah. She said that she did. She did, yeah. I do remember that. Um, why that's that that felt random that felt like like randomly like thrown in there why i mean i would guess that she's just saying it about um i mean it it, it's the only other people person that has said like the greens and the blacks has been helena with her gibberish so it is maybe they just started started saying it amongst themselves Rhaenyra overheard helena going oh that's a good idea that's that's how we should refer to ourselves well it might be that Rhaenyra came up with the greens and that helena because she has this like weird visions and stuff that she's seeing like the invention of Rhaenyra's mind i think in in, in fire and blood mushroom comes up with it right i don't remember it's been so long wasn't it because like did, I, I thought it was like generally agreed upon. One of those things that's generally agreed upon about everybody. Because during like one of the one of the parties, uh, Allison comes out in the green dress. Right, and Nira right. has the right. So, but I'm I'm trying to think like who who was the the advent of it. Um, here we go. It was uh, in in 111 AC. The Great Tourney was held at King's Landing, the fifth anniversary of the Queen's marriage to the Queen Allison. The opening theme, feast, the Queen wore a green gown. Whilst the princess dressed dramatically in Targaryen red and black, note was taken, and thereafter it became custom to refer to the greens and the blacks when talking about the queen's party and the party of the princess, respectively. Um, in the turning itself, the blacks did, oh, so it's just the he uses passive voice. It became a general thing. Um, they all just decided all at once the greens and the blacks. Yeah. See. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> wasn't even everybody collectively referred to it as oh the greens and the blacks oh what do you think that's a great idea there miles right and- right but you know this is maester gildane so like you know like the somehow like it it seems unlikely that that because there was back in one 111 like it wasn't even there wasn't even that much of a of a split yet so like why would people be like talking about the queen uh, like who would be we talking about the like allison and rhaenyra's like like uh, parties being being in opposition to each other at that point, it doesn't really make sense. But mm. okay. no. So, uh, what did you think about the episode so far? You enjoyed it. Um, this episode, uh, I I would uh, I would rank it. I I I didn't like it as much as as episode four or six, and I I still think I maybe like the the the, the pilot better. I so I, I I'm not going to say it's I'm I'm not ranking it as as um as low as say episode uh five which is my least favorite like i'm not saying uh, you know but and and some people you know i was looking at my comments a lot of people really liked it so um i thought it had really strong direction and i i thought a lot of this like a lot of the time and care put into that funeral um was really well done um but a lot of things in this episode didn't make sense it dragged um at times um I think the the Rhaenyra's logic for getting together with with Damon was not there. They it felt like yeah. th- this is this is the thing I told you like privately. Every decisions they've every decision, every weird, awkward pacing thing, everything ever done in the show felt like it was all leading to this moment 
to get to the last yeah. three episodes. Episode eight, nine, and ten are gonna like this is the final time skip. We're gonna get an eight. Everything's been leading to this moment. This is when yeah. the show really begins. And you made the point. I don't know if you said it on a live stream or in a podcast, but it does feel it feel. A lot of a lot of the episodes we've gotten so far, a lot of it felt like a checklist. And did you feel oh, yeah. that that the most in this episode? I think the most in this episode that this mm-hmm. was a, that this was a checklist. Like we need to get this line in, we need to get this decision made. Like even if a decision doesn't make sense, we need it. We need it to happen. Like like we need the book material has Rhaenyra and Damon getting married. We need to have that happen. How are we going to have that happen? Wah. And we're going to push characters towards that. You know, mm-hmm. like Jace, Jace and Aemond are going to get in this, in this, and Luke are going to get in this fight. How are we going to get to that point? And, you know, that's, that's explained even more in the, in the, in the source material. And it still didn't feel like that natural. The conversation where everyone's yelling at each other and, and, and throwing out lines here and there, they're all from the source material. Like it, you know, I don't know if it really flowed as well. I'm not saying it was a disaster. I'm not saying it was like episode five disaster, but uh, I wouldn't overall rank it um, as high as the other, the other episodes, which, which I just were, were I thought were stronger. You know, I, I think this is kind of a, I'd, I'll give this one like a, you know, a five or six out of 10, like rather it's such than, a low score. I would give it like a, a yeah. seven, seven point. I thought it was fairly good. I love the scene with Vagar and Amond, him trying to, to mm. tame her and, 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 and like writing, like that was pretty cool. I yeah. love the funeral stuff. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, there, there was some beautiful, well done stuff, but, but, uh, I think with this episode, I feel like the strongest episodes is when there's, for me personally, is when there's like a powerful emotional moment in 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 the show where I'm like, oh, that made me feel something. You Give know? me an example. Well, the the C section in in episode one. Okay, you know, like that's such a that's such a powerful um, uh, scene. Or um, uh, what was the I um, or even like. In the last episode, like like Lena, Lena um, going out and dying in childbirth, or you know, and um, and, and that kind of feeling, or um, you know, where 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 you where you really feel and 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 see people's pain and understand what what they're going through, and then there's just stuff that's like cartoon comical, like what's going on, like Damon Damon and his war, or Kristen Cole beating to death somebody, you know? You didn't feel anything when Viserys told Allison he never thought he'd remarry? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even but even that episode, like there, there there was definitely some scenes where like I felt like emotion, like, you know, when when they see the white heart and then she co- goes back into town covered in blood and everyone's kind of staring at her. Like, you know, I I really did like feel the emotion of that scene. Oh man, that's crazy. Or like Harwin dying, like, oh god, like the, you know, there there are these gut-wrenching like moments, even when I know them, or like, oh, Laurie Strong, like explaining things to Allison at the end of last episode, like, you know, like anything that like make like ties my my stomach in knots and makes me feel something, um, where I'm just like, oh man, that's so brutal and so and such a great scene, um, and then then there's other times where things just just miss, you know, like like Kristen beating to beating to death Lenor, where I'm just like, oh, that's gross and that makes no sense. This episode was was closer to that, where like, yeah, like it's a little gross that that boy had his eye sliced out, but he's also not acting like a boy who had his eye sliced out. Yeah, I mean. so I'm like, eh. so it's like all of a sudden I'm taken out of it because that's not how kids would 
that's not how a kid would act. Um, well, that's so. how some some kids. I, I I can't rule that out. Some kids are just weird and creepy and emo. So I'll, no, for me, no, the best scenes in no this episode way. was the the tense confrontation in the uh, the hall of, of the nine and Lenor confessing to Rhaenyra that she should be a better father and he should strive to be better. Mm. I love that. My man Lenor, yeah. good guy Lenor. I'm glad he had yeah, a happy ending. Well. Except that he might have been on the conspiracy to kill a random, to murder a random person. But, um, <laughs> you gotta let that go, Brett. You gotta let that go. I'm not, I'm not letting that go. That guy okay. could have been the next Hitler. You don't know. He he may have been a really nice guy. We don't know. He could have been like the best person in Westeros. By the way, your boy Laris, uh, he got he got he didn't have much to do this <laughs> this no, episode. But no. I love how... they gave him they gave him a ran- they gave him that random charity scene there. I'm still here. This is this is another thing I'm, I'm going to confront you on. How is he blood and cheese if he's so devoted to Alicent? Or are you saying this is all facade? All facade is, is my All theory, facade yeah. for... All, all facade. Creating chaos. You know? Creating chaos for... for. Uh, I mean, I think he's in on the conspiracy. But if he's not in on the conspiracy, he's just like a little finger chaos character. Chaos is yeah. a ladder, so he wants to climb the ladder while everybody's it's, fighting. Yeah. It's either that's my second guess. My first guess is he wants to he wants to kill dragons. He's in on the conspiracy. My second <laughs> guess is is that he he's 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 a little finger in it for himself kind of character. Someone in your comment section made the best the best the best uh, comparison of what uh, of what Laris is because I said in our uh, our our podcast with with Amber, I said he's a psycho. Someone said, no, he's not a psycho. He's just a CK two Game of Thrones mod player, <laughs> um, killing your dad and your brother to secure you know certain allegiances and and and, and you know become lord and stuff. Hundred and ten percent. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then I I saw the jokes like because people are like, what's CK Crusader Kings? You mm-hmm. know, and people are like, do you mean Louis CK? And then somebody's <laughs> like, I'm going to. He's like, I'm going to be. Then people are like, I'm going to be referring to all CK players as Louis CK players, Louis <laughs> CK two players from now on. <laughs> like, it doesn't. By the way, uh, uh, shout out to my boy Joker. He had a phenomenal way of describing the season so far, and he goes, hmm. uh, he, he hit me up privately. He goes, I figured out House of the Dragons problem. The entire season so far feels like one overly long previously on touching all the major plot points before getting to the next episode. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. You're so right. So so the so Oh my god. Yeah. That is really yeah. Yeah, I agree with him. And and quite frankly, yeah. Like I do have a guy who has seen, you know, the season and he even even he said it like episodes eight, nine, and ten really feel like when the season really begins, and episodes two to six to seven even kind of feels like a very long segment of last time on House of the Dragon. So yeah, yeah, oh my god! But it's just like we don't we don't like we don't feel that the the show is settled in anywhere. I don't feel that the the, the show is you know, gotten its sea legs or whatever they say. Mm. Like, I just feel like this is the, the amount of stuff that happens needs to be an entire season. Like this should have been like, we should be on season two. At this this point. is something but, I said in my review, yeah. like coherently game of Thrones season one pacing was fine. It was great. There were some minor issues I had, but for the most part, everything moved mm. 
at a fine pace. Here, you can tell that this is a history book and that the showrunners are oh, like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, episode yeah. one, get these pages in. Episode two, get these pages in. Yeah. Mm. Checklist, 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 checklist. They're really scared. It's amazing how they, they're scared to cut stuff. Like, they're scared to cut stuff. Just, like, just cut stuff. Like, you know? Like, you don't need to have every single thing in. And the things they, I don't know, I guess they cut Mushroom and Septon Eustace. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay not to have every single line in there, you know? If, it, if a line is stupid, like, George makes mistakes. If a line is stupid, don't include it. Like, you know, it, it almost feels um, like George is, like, like in the writer's room and he's he's like right right over ryan condo's shoulder oh yeah make sure to get that one in there yeah. where he says mayhaps yeah, 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 get that yeah. in there yeah there you go <laughs> yeah i mean george george himself you know uh retcons and changes stuff so i mean they do change they i mean they do change a bit i mean have, having lane or live is pretty i mean i guess it's another it's another lost targaryen kind of right or i mean he's He's Valarian, but nonetheless, it's you know another lost Targaryen off in off in <laughs> what, What's he gonna do? <laughs> fucking fucking have like forty two kids? Like what is what's gonna what's gonna happen there? I guess. I mean, I guess you're right that it's harder for him to have kids because he just doesn't like having sex with women. But um, I curse the gods yeah. for making you this way, bro. Don't don't say that. Come on, stick stick to who you are. Stick to your truth. It's okay. Um, before we wrap this up, <laughs> I love I love Damon. Damon is, and someone mentioned this in the live stream. Damon is such a bad father. Um, <laughs> when, oh, yeah. when Allison goes He's goes so towards a Rainier with a knife, I, for a minute it looked like Allison was going towards one of the little one of the younger boys with a knife, and then Rainier steps in front of her. But Damon does not mm. even try to remotely like comfort his daughters because Eamon also beat up his daughters as well. Damon does not not even once does he go over there and say, "Hey, you guys okay." What's going on here? You guys all right? Yeah. And like, what is this? What is this fascination that they have with trying to make him such an asshole every time? Because remember, last episode, they cut the scene of him hugging his daughters. Right. Yeah. They're like, no, that's too far. Let's not do it. I also like did. I also did you feel he he was flirting a little bit with Carl Corey? Yeah, he got very close. (laughs) (laughs) He was like very close. I wonder if there's like a like a blooper reel of like how close they are, uh, and no. like he just like kisses him on the <laughs> on the nose. It's like I, I I heard about your reputation in the Stepstones. What do you mean by that? <laughs> like, like what do you, what what reputation? Like what which one? <laughs> like you know like <laughs> oh that's right. They also cut the scene of of him supposedly flirting or, or hooking up with the uh, the Pentoshi yeah, waiter. Hooking up with the guy Pentoshi waiter. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, oh. what is with these like weird cuts? Like, why are we getting so many weird fucking cuts? This was yeah. This was a shorter episode, so they actually had a little more time to do stuff. Um, and I'm wondering um, what the fuck else they cut because they're they're. Yeah. I, I don't know. Now I feel like there are scenes that are that are randomly cut for no reason because I don't know. Like, and, and, and have you have you ever seen Cole have doing? you ever seen have you ever seen the other Anchorman movie? No, I have not. So. There is a, another completely other Anchorman movie, um, which which is made of just cut scenes, and it's enough cut scenes to make an entire movie, and it's a, it's this entire B plot that is just not funny. So, like this other Anchorman movie, you can watch it, but it's not it's not really very good, and you know there's a reason that all of these uh, these scenes were cut, but but it's just kind of funny. Um, that they were able to make an entire other movie uh with with the the um 
with the, with the cup material. In fact, I think they did that with the Three Musketeers. I think they they the Three Musketeers became the form like they did a sequel called the Four Musketeers, and it was just done with cutting room floor material. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, I I, I may I mean, this may be a rumor that I heard about, but I heard that like the Four Musketeers movie. I'm gonna look this up. Um, There's no extended edition for these movies, like with Lord of the Rings. Uh, I mean, not back then. Um, and I'll say this: Look, man, I'm paying for this fucking thing. I'm actually paying for HBO now to watch it with you guys because <laughs> I can't download this fast enough. I'm pirating websites to keep up with the whole thing. I have to. I'm on HBO with you guys. I'm paying for this shit. The, the, so this this is it. It says during the production of the Three Musketeers, the producers realized that the project was so lengthy that they would not be able to complete it as initially intended as a roadshow epic with an intermission and still achieve their announced release date. The decision was there before to split the project into two films. Oh, I see. So this is a little different where they, where they just, they, they pulled a Hobbit where they, where they um, cut one, they just cut it in half. Um, But the uh, lawsuits were filed, but with Anchorman, Anchorman, the, the legend of Ron Burgundy, I forget. I think the other one's called wake up Ron, Ron Burgundy. Yeah, Ra- Wake Up Ron Burgundy, the lost movie. It's an entire other parallel movie. I'll have to look at this up. To, Anch- to Anchorman. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not good. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, because there's a reason why all these scenes were cut. They were like, but it's in a, but certain, like, it does, like, if you actually have them together, you're like, oh, right, that transition from that scene to that scene in Anchorman doesn't make sense. And it's because this B plot was, was cut. There's like a, a, a terrorist cell that, like, Ron Burgundy is, like, trying to stop. It's really, yeah. No, seriously. Like, um, a terrorist cell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta see this now. Uh, I gotta download. Yeah, it's this. called it's called it's called wake it's called wake up Ron Burgundy. Yeah, it's not like I said, but it's not it's not good. Like I've watched it, it's not good. You you understand each time, like each scene, you're like, yeah, that wasn't that funny, and I understand why it was cut. But it's an entire other movie of material. But yeah, I feel like they could be doing that with House of the Dragon. Why the fuck? I'm paying for this. Why are we like? There shouldn't be no cutscenes. Same same with any show coming out now. Everything should be in there. Fuck it. Why not? Right? Why not? Why? Yeah. What's the point? Like, I understand cutting Alicent and Viserys's wedding, but I don't understand cutting Damon hugging his kids. I don't understand yeah. uh, uh, Alicent. Yeah. What, what's funny is like, like imagine they they do an entire like extended th- thing, and it's just like, and the plot is like nonsensical. It's like we go straight from Alicent's wedding to to Damon hooking up with a dude <laughs> to uh, to like, and you're like, wait, how are these scenes connected? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, they'll just be deleted scenes, which okay, it's 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 fine. But I I argue we shouldn't even have deleted scenes. Just put everything in there. Fuck it. If anything, lore fans are eating very nicely. So, um, mm. but no, Damon, such a bad dad. Uh, he he kind of low key forces his kids to watch his satanic Valyrian wedding to their aunt. Oh my god, yeah, just cutting their hand. They always do that like that thing on TV where everybody cuts their hands so deep. Like who does that? That's just. <laughs> Oh my god, like that would take forever to heal. And and, and, and the Valyrian wedding is the first time we've seen that. Cutting in their the books, lips right? and stuff and yeah. I yeah, I think so. I'm trying to remember the only Valyrian I'm trying to think of like Valyrian ceremonies. Um I think there's a reference to a 
crowning of Magor with a in a Valyrian ceremony, maybe or something. I'm trying to trying to remember if there's anything with. Um, I'm gonna see if I can find anything. Swift ceremony storms in to attend the ceremony. I'm trying to think if there's any any sort of Valyrian kind of stuff. Um, I don't think. I guess I don't see anything that was done in kind of Valyrian fashion that that um, going through here. Maybe maybe someone will correct us on like on like what on that, but like I don't I don't know if there's ever been any sort of like Valyrian ceremonies in anything. I was gonna say maybe Visenya like crowning. Magor the Cruel in like a but um but even that I don't know if it I don't think it was um anything very Valyrian about it maybe it's just that she she crowned him but that's yeah huh I don't know but uh, no, the episode. You're right. It was it was fairly short, but I'm I'm okay with that. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would give it like a seven seven point five. It was good. It was good. I I, I liked it. The next yeah. one looks like once again. I think it's the final time skip. Some people were complaining how Aemon is taller than Aegon, and so how is that possible? Like you know, some kids shoot the fuck up uh, going through puberty. So yeah, but none of them look like each other. Uh, uh, Jace and Luke look like you know their their child actors. Aegon, Aemon, and Helena do not look at all like their counterparts. At all. Their younger counterparts. Um, okay. Uh, I, I found it. They The only thing that's listed is that um, the Valyrian wedding ceremony uh, are occasionally performed by members of the house. I don't know who is performing it here. And little details of the rite are known except that the participants are wed by fire and blood. That's 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 all there is written. <laughs> that's very generic. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, do you have any lasting thought? Uh, any closing thoughts on on the episode? Like I said, I thought it was good. I thought it was a uh, nice seven seven point five. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, we may do. It may do another discussion during the week i mean i think during my rewatch i'll probably have some more 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 things to say this is just kind of first impressions on on, on this one but uh mm-hmm. you know once once i get into it a little bit i'll probably have some 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 other ideas some other thoughts on it because there's a lot you know there's a lot there uh do you mind if you wrap it up here sounds good guys thank you so much for joining us as always we'll see you all next time have a good one <laughs>